0: Talking about Dave D'Agostino, the producer. Uh, welcome to the Man on Second podcast on the Real Voices of the Game Productions. I'm Joe Frasaro, and and producer Dave really hit a home run by getting the intro to Sweet Home Alabama. Obviously, I went to Alabama, and uh, a little more lively, upbeat music as we're going to get into a real lively, upbeat show. Uh, Dave, what we're at episode 115 on our network, and growing in leaps and bounds, and You know, one of the beauties of this channel is we're always looking for great stories and guests who are authorities and authoritative in what they do. And we got a really special guest today. We're a little bit outside the box today. We're bringing in Mike Boylan, better known for you know being the founder of Mike's Weather Page. Mike is, uh, you know, he's it's an institution in the weather thing, based over in the, the Tampa Bay area. And we're going to dive in. He's also a huge baseball fan. We're going to talk weather. We're going to talk baseball. We're going to talk softball and whatever else. We're going to talk NASCAR. And we're going to talk whatever else is on Mike's mind. But first, we're going to bring in Dave D'Agostino. Dave, uh, you got some announcements for us.
1: Yeah, just uh, again, I'm glad I could make you happy with the song. I'm a New Yorker, but I have Alabama roots. I, I started my coaching career at Jacksonville State in Jacksonville, Alabama. And uh, my first Division One head coaching job. And, and you can't find that on a map. It's halfway between Atlanta <laughs> and Birmingham. And uh, so uh, Alabama is uh, close to my heart, too. Glad I can make you happy and our faithful listeners. Big, big, fo- We have a big following in Alabama. So and that's, that's what I want to address. Our We have 11,500 subscribers now. Um, and I want to thank those subscribers for supporting us on Real Voice of the Game Productions. And, of course, Man on Second Podcast is one of our favorite shows on there with Joe Frazzaro. Uh, Continue to do that by listening, but download, listen, like, subscribe. You can get us on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or Stitcher. Uh, Continue to to send emails in, text messages, uh, any way that you feel like you need to reach the show. Again, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and the guy's got me to go on Facebook. You can see my post. I do something every morning uh, that's spearheaded by our listeners uh, to respond to a question. So continue to support us there as well. And, of course, uh, I love the guest today. I mean, I, I, we've had some great guests. We've mentioned Jim Cott, Mike Piazza, um, you know, guys in line that you think those two Hall of Famers, but this guest way outside the box, but it's it's another passionate person about what they do and it does affect the game. And anybody that's watched the movie Bull Durham, great quote there, in baseball, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and sometimes it rains. So with that, I, I turn it back over to you, Joe, episode 115 here uh, to, to introduce our guest and get us rolling.
0: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. And, and yeah, and, and yeah, you might ask why weather and baseball well spring and why bring Mike on at this time? Well, I was thinking, okay, spring trainings next week and a lot of people are going to be coming to Florida. A lot of Floridians are be going to spring training and the weather is real important. And, you know, weather impacted the Tampa Bay raised this, uh, this offseason with the, well, late September with Hurricane Ian, it's the, you know, the damage it did to the Rays complex in Port Charlotte has caused them to kind of relocate. And um, they're going to do spring training in Lake Bonavista, Vista, the old home of the um, of the Atlanta Braves, and as well as Tropicana Field in St. Pete. But we're going to bring, with no further ado, we're going to bring in Mike Foyland. Mike, thanks so much for joining us today. And how are you doing? Hey, thank you uh, for having
2: me. I'm, I'm doing great. I was, uh, love that song. Uh, I, I got a soft spot for Talladega, Alabama. We go to the NASCAR races, So I am a huge skittered fan. So
0: that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Like, let's jump right in and, uh, let's talk about, uh, we're going to get into what happened with the race. And we're going to get into your background. So people fully understand who you are, but, you know, you tracked Hurricane Ian and the devastation, obviously, it did to the west coast of Florida, southwest coast, the, the Fort Myers areas, you know, in particular, uh, and obviously Tampa was av- avoided it, at least the real brunt of it. But how do you feel that that storm has impacted, you know, ba- this baseball season right now?
2: Uh, I was kind of surprised that the stadium was, was you know, in, uh, damaged, Um being it's you know kind of far inland but it, it definitely shows you the size that you know hurricane ian was and and the effects that it had on our state um uh, you know a lot of folks focus so much on the coast impacts but they kind of forget that these strong major hurt you know category four hurricanes could you know have those wind speeds well inland uh, and, and there was a lot of shocking you know uh, folks here in florida that just had no idea that they were going to get impacted you know inland and I was honestly surprised that the Rays stadium was, da- was damaged. When I heard that the day or two after, I was like, wow. Cause you know, it's not on the coast or anything. It's, it's, it's kind of inland. Um, but yeah, it shook things up, you know, we're going to, um, you know, the games are going to be up here by me and in Disney world area. So i um, kind of excited about it. Honestly. I mean, I, I, we love tailgating and, um, it's a, it's a long drive for me. So selfishly I'm kind of excited about them coming up here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, talk a little bit. Are you surprised at Fort Myers? Because the, the twins and the Red Sox, of course, are based down there, but no interruptions yeah, for spring training. I, I agree. Um, you know, one part about these big, bad hurricanes, a lot of times you get
2: little tornadoes that are hard to detect because of the eye is so intense. Um, so they could have had these little microbursts um, that actually are like little mini tornadoes. And, and, you know, it's very isolated where where they hit. So I was looking at damages just before you know we started your show, and you know they had quite a quite a bit of damage at the stadium. Um, I was surprised, uh, but the the Ian was an odd storm too because the northern eye wall had a little bit more um, severity to it than the southern eye wall as far as winds and rains. So it was an odd storm. You know we had all that surge to the south side that impacted Fort Myers southward, but then the winds kind of were on the north side, and that's kind of where the, the Rays Stadium. You know, was that. And it was a big eye wall. So that's, that's why I mean, it was kind of shocking to a lot of folks that we had damage all the way down to Naples, you know, all the way up to basically, you know, Puna Gorda and Port Charlotte.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mike, take us through uh, for the people. Obviously, it was a horrific. Uh, you know, time here in South Florida or, you know, in in state of Florida, excuse me. And as someone who lives, I live in, you know, Broward County and we're used to seeing those Atlantic hurricanes come in and, and we've dodged them. And I've had, you know, when I was on the Marlins beat a uh, couple of hurricanes back in like 05, 04, 05, caused Marlin games to be, you know, played up in Chicago uh, because to get the games in because of, because of major storms. And, you know, I, I know the West Coast gets impacted, but not, you know, I don't know if everyone's on the West coast is prepared as more the East coast. So take us through that storm and how you handled it and how Mike's weather page kind of handled it. Cause you drive down and you tracked that, that thing. And you know, what did you see? Take us through that experience. Yeah, Well,
2: you know, this, this one, you know, we've had a lot of skirts here in Tampa Bay. Uh, this storm in particular was really hard to track for the uh, forecasters because we have, you know, one of the major models is called a GFS and uh, it was a big outlier and it kept throwing the storm more to the north in the panhandle area. So it kept it kept some folks on edge, you know, more up north in the Tampa Bay area when a lot of the trending models were kind of where it ended up going. So I I, I got a sense with this storm that there was a lot of folks were reacting so much to this swing in that GFS and thinking, oh, my God, you know, it's, it's going to miss Tampa. It's going to miss the the you know south southwest part of florida because um you know so these model swings so there was a lot of folks this got caught off guard uh they they attempted to evacuate maybe when it was a little too late because you know once the roads get you know blocked down and hotels are impossible to find i did hear that from a lot of people they just said oh we're just going to ride it out because it you know and another thing the storm did joe was it uh it was predicted to hit like two days almost later because it was going north to the to the panhandle, and because it turned it basically hit you know South Florida almost a day and a half two days before it was going to hit the the north part of the state, so that little turn it did it impacted the state quicker, and you know oh my God you know people are like it's going to be here Wednesday and not friday um and then the overall size of the storm, you know, we, we we saw a lot of people comparing Charlie to this one. And Charlie was was such a teeny little storm. It actually fit in the eye of Ian. Uh, so the impacts were far, you know, far greater. And again, talking back to the inland effects, I mean, we had flooding rain all the way to Volusia County. Uh, Daytona Speedway was actually underwater. They had, you know, 20, yeah. 30, 40 inches of rain. Uh, you know, places like um, Arcadia, the Peace River was overflowing. So there was, there's a lot to this storm that people I don't think had any idea that this was coming. You know, uh, yeah. as far as me in Tampa, you know, we've keep avoiding this big one, and uh, what happened in Fort Myers was probably going to happen here. Um, and I just don't think Tampa Bay has any idea what could potentially happen if one of these storms passed just to our north, uh, like like Ian did. Um, as, sh- as shallow as the waters are, Tampa Bay would just funnel this water and we'd be cut off like an island in Pinellas County. All the bridges would be, it's not that the bridges go underwater. What I've been learning by traveling to these storms, it's the, it's the land leading up to the bridges that are going to be underwater. So you you still have a bridge intact, but the causeways are going to be washed out and underwater wow. like we saw with Santa ball, Island, you know? Um, so we dodged a bullet. Unfortunately they, they got it, you know, South of us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, terrifying times for those who who have to live through these. And they're part of, you know, what we deal with living in in the state of Florida specifically. I know it affects other parts. And Dave uh, is up in the Myrtle Beach area. And, you know, they they're susceptible too. But we you know, we are always kind of dealing with these storms because they could go from the Atlantic and cut through the state. Or they could start in the Gulf or and come on up and then cut through and, and we get effects on the east coast of Florida as well. Uh, you know, how was how was your weather page? Tell people how you kind of communicated and kind of your role, you know, uh you know, what what Mike's weather page does on these storms and how how many people are counting on you for your updates, you know, for their safety. And and I know you're you know, you do a tremendous service for, for the residents of the, who are of these storms. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I, you know, the website
2: kind of runs itself. I mean, I, I really take a lot of time to, to make a, a one-stop shop for the tropics and a lot of folks, a lot of government agencies, uh, not only United States, you know, in the islands, Caribbean rely on the website for data models, maps, spaghetti models. um, but as far as the social media side, you know, I start. I do these daily brews. I call them, and we talk weather every morning, and uh, and I talk every night when there's a storm, and in the weekends. So, people really cling to every word I've I've learned over the years, and um, it, it amazes me. Probably like your all show, I I can't believe what people pick up on one of my broadcasts, even if it's some random thing about a family or an experience, I'll see somebody and they're like, yeah, it's funny. You mentioned this. And I'm like, wow, they really listen to every word. So when I do these daily brews with the weather, um, they, you know, people cling cling to, to the, to, to the content. And, and I try to stress, you know, the, the, the trends, uh, what you can expect, uh, you know, who might be impacted, uh, you know, just basically, um, all the scenarios and uh, it's just kind of become, you know, a good tool for a lot of folks. Uh, they enjoy it. They, they enjoy the breakdown of all the possibilities. Um, and, and, you know, and it's an addiction. I mean, w- one thing that I've learned about what I do with this tracking is uh, I always compare it to almost like watching a soap opera. <laughs> like you yeah. watch the birth of these storms. Sometimes they're 10 days out. It takes 10 days to get from Africa to um, the United States. So it's almost like an ongoing drama of, you know, the storm and, um, people really get into tracking storms and, and, uh, it's, it's my hobby and addiction and, and, uh, to know that people count on every word, uh, this storm, especially, you know, uh, you mentioned, I go to these things. I kind of took on storm chasing, uh, is weird, uh, another obsession of mine. And, uh, one thing it has taught me though, is, is seeing firsthand, you know, the damages that can happen. Uh, post storm uh recoveries uh m- you know going back to places months after uh went to Louisiana with hurricane laura and, and saint uh, and seeing you know how how the the recovery was still ongoing six months later um in the, you know that area so i can I can convey that a little bit more than I used to just a couple years ago, so this storm particularly you know I was saying things like katrina style surge you know, uh, uninhabitable, you know, uh, un- uninhabitable, uh, like, you know, living for weeks on, on end. And, you know, they're strong words, but, uh, unfortunately it played, you know, it played out, but, um, I, I think I've, you know, I feel good enough now to, to stress these things because I've seen it and, um, it got, you know, I got emotional one of these videos, Joe, I- I'll be honest with you, you, uh, Dave too. Um, you know, I broke down crying one of my shows a little bit because I knew it was coming, you know, and I—I yes. I just it, it just tore me up inside to know that we were going to see what we ended up seeing. And I had more people tell me like when they saw that they they listened, and it's it's a weird spot to be in. I'll be honest with you, um, but to know there's that many people that that tune in, you know, makes it all worthwhile.
0: Yeah, and and we're talking to, to to Mike Boylan of Mike's Weather Page. And and I think one reason why Mike is so popular and is I think if you could hear from this interview so far how relatable he is. And you know, Mike's a regular guy who's who's not a, a not a meteorologist, he's just someone with a passion and and he built from scratch Mike's weather page. And you want to talk about Reach uh, on Facebook, over a million, I think one point three million. Followers to to Mike's weather page, and and you could see why. And and Mike, you know, I go back to when um, Hurricane Irma, I believe it was. We were in, the Marlins are playing in Atlanta, and but my wife was here working for the AP, and my kids were here, and granddaughter were down here, and that that storm was coming up right towards, as you know, South Florida, mm-hmm. and I was in Atlanta, and just you know, just the uneasiness of not being with my family and knowing that we don't know what's going to happen to Miami and we had house damage, but comparatively not the devastation of what, what many and Fort Myers just went through and we've been fortunate, but, uh, these storms are real and they do impact the baseball season because they come, you know, usually late August, September, sometimes October, um, and, and so forth.
2: Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about that. Honestly. Um, baseball is in the heart of hurricane season so there's uh that's that's interesting to think you know um and i i, I go back to nascar too they moved their uh, summer race to the end of august uh almost the peak of hurricane season uh so sports are definitely impacted uh, by these storms and, you know, evacuations, hotels, yep. you know, we're, we're still finding that out with my daughter's softball. Like we had a tournament in Fort Myers, you know, hotels are the home of many, many folks that are, you know, not having homes right now. So, uh, it's a long-term recovery in these areas sometimes. And, and it's, uh, you know, it goes on for sometimes a year, years.
0: <laughs> yeah. There was a perfect game event, the, the showcase baseball for youth players, uh, there's one of the big wood bat events in, in the Jupiter in Jupiter, Florida, that the training site of the Marlins and the Cardinals. And this year, sort of meaning the 2022, I go up to there for spend three or four days and talk to you know some of the, the best high school players in the country, and and a number of teams. The, the participation of this event was lower because a number of teams from the you know Naples, Fort Myers area, and, and even Tampa didn't make the trip because really? of the, you know, they were dealing, they were still dealing with the storm. So that's an indication too of, of just the impact of these things. Dave, you got any questions for Mike?
1: Yeah, Mike, I, I, uh, I wish you could have predicted that Chinese spy balloon above my house. Last weekend. <laughs> Joe, Joe, uh, texted me while it was going on when uh, the fighter pilots shot it down over the ocean. Um, but the, uh, the question I have is about preparation. How can people prepare you know, and I, obviously the, the storm takes on a life of itself, but how can people better prepare to make it through the storm and maybe sustain during it and make that recovery time less?
2: Yeah. That's, I mean, it's always a you know great question. Um, you know, the, the NHC's national hurricane center is really big about, you know, having a plan, basically starting off with a plan ahead of time. Like, well, what happens if a storm's coming? And, um, that's like knowing your evacuation routes, um, you know, know, you know, kind of get an idea where you're going to go ahead of time. Um, you know, understanding, you know, things about your home, you know, putting things away, that are going to get blown blown around. Um, you know, loose objects are always big, you know, uh, there's stuff about, you know, even insurance is, is a huge thing ahead of time to know, you know, what kind of flood insurance you have, wind insurance you have, because, you know, these are these rest your mind a lot easier going into the season if, you know, to know you have flood insurance or, you know, what your you know deductibles are, um, you know, having having local evacuation routes ahead of time. Most of your counties now have, um, you know, know your zone is a big thing here in, in Florida. They're always changing the flood zones and evacuation zones. So, you know, knowing your zone is, is always a big thing so that if we do have a storm and they start announcing evacuation zone ABC, you, you know, you know ahead of time um, your zone, um, you know, where you're going to be. And the biggest thing with hurricanes more than anything is, um, you know, it's good to have an evacuation kit. Uh, Red Cross did a little special at my house one time. I didn't even have one, but there's a lot of great, uh, videos out there of things to have. And and that includes like, uh, you know, toilet paper, which I joked with on, on the show. Like why, you know, you don't think about it, but, you, uh, uh money. Cause ATM machines are going to be out and, you know, having cash is king and, even a roll of quarters is big for laundromats. Um, so, you know, having a hurricane kit, you know, flashlights, that kind of stuff, having pictures of your pets. So I always always tell people, Google have, you know, evacuation kits. I have a link on the top of my site on planning and preparing, um, you know, have a little bag basically before the season. It's something families can do is, you know, getting the kids involved. Um, it's kind of fun to put together, you know, having, having one of these little bags, um, but the, the biggest thing more than anything is, is just knowing, you know, where you live, the surge, uh, they say, you know, run, run, run from the water, hide from the wind. I mean, the 90%, roughly 90% of all hurricane deaths are water related. And that is this huge number. If you think about it, of all, of all the deaths ever associated with hurricanes, 90% have been water related and that's surge inland flooding, uh, you know, rip currents, uh, just water in general. So, Wind, you know, newer home construction is great. Since Andrew, you know, a lot of lot of new codes have went up um, as far as you know housing goes. Uh, So you know, the wind, you know, isn't is 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 a big deal, but the water is is the big thing to worry about. And and you know, and that's the choice I gave my family. Uh, We evacuate. You know, I had them evacuate. Uh, because we were going to be in a, a 10 foot of water, possibly. I mean, and we saw that with Fort Myers. So you, you can't mess around with water. You know, that, that's the number one thing. If you're in any, and, and that goes with inland flooding too. You know, people I know that lived in Arcadia had no idea. You know, people in, uh, over by Daytona Beach, I had friends that were flooded from Ian. They woke up to two foot of water in their house because of the, the 30, 40 inches of rain that we got. You know, Harvey was another storm in Texas that nobody ever thought they'd get 50, 60 inches of rain. Um, so that, you know, that, that is where, you know, what I do is, is, is show these models. And it, I remember when I started posting Ian rain forecasts and, and I, there was local Mets saying, ah, that ain't going to happen. There's no way. And it did happen. You know, same thing with Harvey. It's like, you know, you gotta, you know, I always say I live and die by these models and I, I trust models. And when you start getting model consistency is when I start sharing things, you know, cause I, I'm very careful what I share. Uh, you know, and I, I put a lot of thought into things, you know, when I decided to really start pushing some forecast, um, and I did that with Harvey also, because there was so much evidence that they were gonna have, you know, this stalling out of the hurricane and it did indeed, you know, pan out. So those you know, that that's that's really um hopefully made some sense, I guess. it just I <laughs> that number got
1: my attention, ninety percent. Well run from run from water, hide from when do you remember the day that this obsession or this passion began.
2: Yeah, it was in 2004 uh we had uh, Hurricane Charlie was one that was heading right towards Tampa. Um and I you know could not find anything online for models and spaghetti models and I, I was obsessed with spaghetti am to this day. So I, I've decided to put together a little web, web page together and I called it Mike's weather page. I shared it with friends only. It was like, Hey, here, here's a cool page. It's got everything you need. It's got all the graphics, it's got national weather service graphics, it's got the cone and you know, it was a way for me cause I got tired of looking for data and uh, I was like, well, I'm going to put all the data on one page. I, I don't have to look for it anymore. Um, and that was pretty much it. It was because we had a storm coming to uh, Tampa and I was like trying to find information and I got tired of looking for it. Um, another oh thing. Another hey, Mom,
1: you're on with two Italians here. Spaghetti models. Not what we
2: <We do that. laughs> I love it so i so i I did an interview once and they said lasagna or spaghetti and I'm like well uh, marketing I should say spaghetti but I, I love lasagna
0: <laughs> well those would be bigger uh, those are scare me because lasagna is a, a little thicker uh, type of uh, pasta so the these spaghetti miles yeah we're you know as well like people in Florida we pay a lot of attention to spaghetti models and hope one is not looking at us' or yeah, coming or towards yeah. us um but Mike, uh, as we let's kind of transition a little bit uh, to uh, to spring training with yeah. the start of that. Uh, what kind of weather? Because, like I said, you see, you know, I go up to the Jupiter area, spend a lot of time there, and and uh, and just from the climate, even from Broward, it's like seventy miles north of my house, it's a little chillier. It's a little bit different type of weather. So while it's hot, you know, on on hot days. It's not always what people might think spring training is in, in Florida, and you're right. in the central part of the state. So, well,
2: yes, it's you know Florida's the, the the funniest thing you ever see about Florida memes is uh, we start the day off with heat heat on in the cars, and we end the day with air conditioning. You know, yeah, um, and that's it's so true living in Florida. Um, but for this this year, you know, we're there's a th- there's a phenomenon called La Nina and El Nino. You hear that a lot with hurricanes. Um, but we're still in this La Nina winter pattern, which, uh, is creating more storms in the upper Gulf. It's basically a dip in the jet stream a little more than usual, but what that's going to mean for us in spring, it should mean a warmer than average spring. Um, and I just, before we went live, I looked again just to see the latest and we're definitely trending to a, a few degrees above normal, and then this includes the whole lower half from from out west to here in Florida, um, so you know on average, you know we're going to be looking at a, a warmer spring. I, I I posted a pollen count the other day. We're already in a high pollen alert for for the south, which indicates uh, Mother Nature's flipping a switch here. You know a little early um, going into spring. Uh, as far as rains go, you know, I was looking at long-range forecasts, and we're, we're a little bit below normal, as expected, at least till the end of March. Um, as this thing transitions out of this La Nina pattern, so I don't, I don't think we're going to get very many uh, more cold fronts, you know, through the south here. We might get one or two surprises, but the way that this jet stream lines up, and in, in the Gulf of Mexico is about two to three degrees above normal right now, which, um, you know, bring you know helps bring the heat heat back up quick quick here and um kind of kind of feels a little more like summer you know we, we you know usually typically the end of may is when we start getting those thunder boomers here in florida so we, we you know we won't be getting those but we will get a, a little warmer pattern for sure it looks like
0: oh so so though i guess for the the people that are coming in they'll obviously get ready to, to dress accordingly for warmer weather and it maybe not as many rain outs <laughs> yeah i I' was looking
2: at the long range stuff and it, it like I said it it um you know it doesn't mean we won't get that occasional
0: yeah storm or not,
2: yeah. but uh, these frontal lines are usually fizzle out for the peninsula uh, because we get a dominating high pressure over the Atlantic. Um, so you still get rain in the upper Gulf, but as far as you know where most of the spring train is at least here in Florida, uh, they're expecting lower than average um, rainfall. Um, and I'm looking here like first part of March even uh very low rainfall so it's you know pretty pretty high confidence looking at this long couple long range modeling that I'm looking at that we we're going to see below average rainfall uh all the way through the end
1: of march
0: well this is good to know cuz if dave wants to make a road trip now he doesn't have to worry about coming down to to florida for spring training and seeing rain out right Dave?
1: Oh, I'm coming down. No, either way. I told
0: you, yeah. Uh, uh, Mike, Mike, what advice? Because I'm, you know, I'm getting a little older now, and I'm paying a lot more attention to uh, protections for my skin. Uh, I don't care if I'm wearing the the big floppy hat and you know uh, the long sleeve Columbia UV, you know, uh, material. Okay. Uh, I'm wearing it because I want to protect my skin from potential uh, harm right. to the to the skin. What advice do you give people? Uh just like you said I mean I
2: I would go for the the highest you know UV protection uh 7 you know nothing too light I th- I think I use a 70 or something does that make sense I I I I I'm the worst when it comes to um having to go see my dermatologist cuz uh, I've had a few spots myself so um definitely he's you know he's always on me about uh you know the maximum protection skincare um Especially around areas that you know, areas around uh, your necks and your ears, you know, places that don't usually see the sun. The uh, out of towners don't realize. I mean, your tips of your ears, believe it or not, are real susceptible to burns, and behind yeah. your ears, and of course, your neck um, are really susceptible to. to yeah. You if know, you're sitting vir- at a
0: ball, park, or you're sitting at one of these uh, spring training spots. You see it all the time. You know, these people are getting fried back there in the back of their head uh, from, from sitting in the sun.
2: Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's, And if you, if you're not used to this stuff, it is painful. (laughs) So anybody coming to Florida and it's sunny out, you better buy the, the, you know, the highest, you know, hundred, you know, what is it? Usually hundred is about the normal. Yeah. I I mean, just, it's silly. I know, but trust me, uh, you do not want to get burned. Um, burn blisters are real and, um, it's not healthy either. I mean, that's, you know, definitely uh you know you don't want to get any any spots that could you know turn turn
0: south Just something more um mike uh let, let's talk about you you went to the wbc does it interest you um what's that the world baseball classic oh yeah I, i've never been there yeah yeah i mean they, they're they having it this year i think they're, they're gonna be playing games in uh in miami yeah uh you know the nations and such i do know I, I, I would,
2: yeah i would love to um yeah you know our rays have a lot of a lot of international players now um so it's, it always amazes me you know the the, in, the connection with my hurricanes you know dominican republic uh yeah it's a huge uh, hurricane area and, and it seems like for baseball too
0: <laughs> yeah yeah hey Amazing. uh what? How do you think the Rays are going to do? What do you, you like their moves they've made um, all season? They
2: just signed Spring back. I just saw that. You know, big money yeah. for Spring, and I, I don't remember him being a standout. Um, you know, we need hitters. I mean, we got. We've always had pitching. Um, Glass now hopefully will be back and um, strong. But uh, to me, it just seems like you know we just don't have the hitters. And and um, yeah. you know, when you watch last year's you know run to the World Series, I, I just don't even think the Rays had a chance with these power hitters that the, these teams are getting. So hopefully they focus on that a little bit more. Um, yeah. I remember the year before uh, L- L- low, remember he was our lead off and not only yeah. he had to hit the whole damn.
0: Uh, yeah. I think he was hurt. Right. He was Brandon Lowe. He, uh, you know, he was, he was hurt and uh, um, a good part of the year. And uh, again, what the probably the biggest free agent signing was Zach Eflin, but that, that's a pitcher, you right. know? So I know that, you can never have too much of it. And the Rays have their good formula uh, in the rotations and their defense. But uh I guess they're counting on, you know, Franco, Wander Franco to have a big year. What do you yep. think of Wander? Um, I, You know, I, I always get scared of these rookies. You know, my
2: dad always says it best too. You know, sometimes, you know, he, he was a sucker for the changeup, you know, it's like th- these, these hot hitters come in the league. And then they, once they start figuring out their weaknesses, sometimes they, 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 they lose that hot streak, you know? And um, then he got hurt, you know, and I, I just hate putting all your eggs in one basket, you know, for the Rays to spend that much money and then he got hurt. It's like, okay, yeah. you know, um, so yeah, I mean, he's definitely got potential. You can tell I me mean, he's he's raw ability. It's just, um, I hate to rely on one guy, but you know, the one thing the Rays do that just always drives me crazy is, you know, as soon as we start getting chemistry and get some really good players, you know, we lose them, and yeah, um. Yeah, I, I don't know how that affects a team, but it, it to me, it just seems like when we were we, we were really good, we had the Longos and, you know, just the backbone, Ben Zobris, and it goes on and on and on, you know. But once we started losing that chemistry and we just started bringing in players, I, I just wonder, you know,
0: if it works anymore, you know. Yeah, like- it, it's hard. It's hard to – yes, and, you know, the Marlins are a team as well that have a lot of turnover because they, they don't have the financial resources, even though – Miami, they have the stadium, but they still don't have you know a lot of that. They don't have big crowds. They don't have a big great TV deal, and and it's a challenge because you're you're just kind of knowing that you have to flip the roster. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can have change no matter what, but the Rays very much are impacted. It's just hard to sustain you know winners when you're asking young players to always kind of outperform. And I, I think what we've seen with the Rays, now obviously 2020 went to the World Series, but that's a 60-game season. It's not really reflective of the grind of 162. But you, you can see why they're built more, how they could survive in the, the regular season to go to the postseason. But, you know, those teams that can just throw waves of star power at you. Right. And like you say, th- those are the ones who seem to have the best, best chance to win it all.
2: Well, and, you know... We've been going. I got a picture on the wall here. Emily and Sarah, my kids, they were both at a raise game when they were two years old. So we've been going a long time. Um, you know, and one thing we get a lot of uh negative press here for Tampa, obviously, is our stadium, yeah, and uh, the lack of attendance. You know, uh, you know, yeah, you know, I, I don't have a problem with our stadium, honestly. I, I don't think a stadium is going to change a, a massive flow of people, it might temporarily, but um. You know, there's a couple of things. One, of I, I just think Marlins kind of go through it, too. I think living in Florida, you got a lot of options. You know, you got boats and you got golfing and you got, you know, outside activities. And, and I also think that this these these rotation, you know, these players, players coming and going. I mean, the joke with my daughter was every time I get her a, a jersey for Christmas, the, the, the players traded. It's like, so I don't, you know, it's hard to really get into a team. I think when you don't know the damn roster and I mean, there was a point last year, I don't think I knew one player. It was um, uh, Wells, the shortstop, you know, and then they got rid of him, I think. So it's like, I was like, (laughs) you know, um, it was fun to go to the games when you knew everybody, but it's not fun for me to go to the games when I don't know anybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know
0: that those are valid points and, and, and fan interest. And, and, and I think what, What's happened, I think, with the Marlins, for instance, their part of their struggles, they got their stadium a decade ago and, and it's a nice stadium and all. but it's not in a place where people traditionally are used to going to baseball games, mm-hmm. at least for 81 games. and it's on the Orange Bowl site, basically where the, you know where University of Miami and their Real glory days would play. But that, that's different to play seven football games at a location on a Saturday compared to 81 home games in a location where people aren't necessarily accustomed to going Mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily accustomed to going in big, big numbers. And I think, I know the Rays are, you know, looking to get a new ball, you know, new ballpark. And there's even talk, uh, and uh, you know, there's always the debate, should it be in Tampa? Should it be in St. Pete? Um, i used to work at the Tampa Tribune and I was more partial to being in Tampa on that side of the bridge. Uh, But you know, If they basically build a new stadium but put it on the same location, okay, you might generate a little bit more from the stadium, but still getting people to go there, unless downtown St. Pete's growing, and I know it is, uh, right. to the point where that could bring enough attendance.
2: Yeah, and our traffic's a nightmare. I mean, yeah. Interstate 4, I, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. It, it is the worst I've ever seen it. living here my whole life. So, you know, getting, getting to and from is, is so frustrating. Um, it's like not even worth it sometimes, you know, and I mean yeah. to play a seven o'clock game, getting out of work at five, five thirty, um, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, it's, it's, and, and it's tough to expect people to go to every, every game. Um, it's expensive, you know, so we go to our six games a year and, um, you know, we support them, we tailgate and hopefully they stay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, let's, let's transition over. Um, Talk about um, and Dave jumping in at any time uh, NASCAR and yeah. what you got going on in Daytona.
2: Oh my goodness! So I got wrapped up with the team last year. We had a sticker on a car, and we had this uh, crazy idea of doing a hurricane awareness machine, which is basically um, four of my biggest supporters on the website. And we've got a full wrapped hurricane car that even has hurricane emblems behind the number four. It's it's on the Xfinity team, and the cool thing about it is. Uh, you know, I get to go do a meet and greet. Uh, I have a lot of fans in NASCAR. Um, The state of Florida is actually coming down to participate in it. Uh, Florida division of emergency management, uh, Volusia County EOC is excited about it. Uh, So it's all about basically just saying, Hey, you know, here, here's Florida. Here's uh, Volusia County EOC. Here's Mike's weather page, bringing awareness, um, talking about hurricanes, giving away, you know, a lot of, we're going to have a lot of uh, uh, information on, you know, storm prep and preparedness, um, in it's kind of way just kicking back to, to to NASCAR, which I grew up with, and and a lot of like I said, a lot of our fans here in Florida uh, are are deal with hurricanes, so I'm really excited about it. There's got a lot of media push on it. Um, we'll, we're going to see. We'll see. I th- I think uh, you mentioned Tampa Tribune. They called out yesterday. I had some people at Fox want to actually show it on TV and do a little interview with it. So it's, yeah. a wild, it's a weird you know weird little concept that came together and. <laughs> Uh we're gonna see a hurricane scooting around Daytona. You ever <laughs> jump in a car? You yeah, ever we, jump in a car and make a, make a lap? I I did the I did the ride along long one time and it scared the heck out of me. <laughs> I I swear to you, I mean we we have a charger Hellcat, you know, and I <laughs> when I'm in control, I, I'm fearless. But sitting in that passenger seat, going towards that wall at 180 miles an hour, hoping that right front tire doesn't blow out, I was like Get me out of this thing. (laughs) I'll be honest. (laughs) I mean, I I could not believe the G Force is on me, wanting to throw me out 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 the window. (laughs) Who's your driver? Who's your driver, Mike? Um, well, this our cars in Xfinity. Now, you know, NASCAR I grew up, I was a huge Earnhardt fan, like most folks. Um, you know, grew up watching Richard Petty and Tony Stewart. And uh, you know, lately it's 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 again, it's kind of like and the number one thing from NASCAR fans is what I talked about with the Rays. It's like you, you 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 get so many new drivers, and you you kind of lose some of that the love, the passion that you did back in the day. Uh, and it's hard for me to really grab hold of any drivers nowadays that I consider, you know, me. Like I mean, I'm I I love them old school drivers that were you know beat and bang and said what they want and weren't afraid of of you know you know media. And, and puppets, you know, I, I just hate that. I just hate whining. A lot of these two generation drivers whine about every damn thing. And, <laughs> um, but if there was one, I mean, I, I, I love Brad Keselowski. Um, he used to be the number two Miller car. And now he's got his own team, so I, I kind of quietly cheer for him more than anybody, just because he he's a little uh, rebel, little rebel. And um, but he won a Cup championship one year, and he I never remember he drank a beer that was about two hundred ounces in uh, uh, Sports Center. <laughs> He, he he did not care. One, 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 one thing, nothing, nothing bothered that guy. And I, I, I and, he, and he's not afraid to say it and he's not afraid to wreck you for the win.
1: Now, if you want to get an experience right in a skid car, I, I made the mistake of doing that as a promo when I was head coach at Jacksonville state, Talladega was close by. Mm. And they put me in a skid car. And of course all the players wanted to see it. And basically what you're doing is you're driving. So you're in control to a point where the person in the passenger side has a a lever, a skid lever, they press it and the car starts to skid towards the wall Oh, and, or wherever. And their message to you is as a young driver, and this is a good message to kids too, I guess, when you start skidding, don't stare at the wall. You're going to follow your eyes. You're going to follow where you skid. So keep your eyes straight ahead. And uh, of course, they put the skid, my eyes go right to the wall and they steer you out of it. But, <laughs> um, but it's a great message to kids out there too. And anybody going through a problem, you start looking toward the problem or the wall, you're going to head toward the wall. But I, I learned that through you know, bad advice getting in the skid car. But yeah, I know what you're talking about with that. Even when I was in control, it was frightening. Oh, yeah. Uh, no degree.
2: Well, you know, and it's true. And these NASCAR guys get into a really bad wreck. A lot of them never come out of it as far as being that same aggressive driver that they once were. Because you do live with fear, you know, after you, you get hit. And going back to hurricanes, um, real quick, you know, I, I, I tell people this all the time. Everybody deep down inside... If you never experienced a hurricane, there's there's this weird, sometimes desired to have it come your way. It's like, you know, when we had Charlie, we were all sitting out there waiting for it, you know, had no idea what it could have done. We were just kind of excited, like, oh, it's going to be some you know exciting weather. But trust me, you know, once you see what they can do, just like a, a NASCAR wreck and you roll over a few times, you know, it's real. And uh, going back to hurricanes, you, you do not want a category, any category hurricane. Uh, coming your way
0: <laughs> no I mean uh, Mike just uh, with Ian we got here in in Broward a tornado spawned off because we were getting a lot of those way outer bands and like a, a mile and a half away from me did damage to a Publix that's exactly. like you know, totally. we were nowhere near <laughs> you know where where the big stuff was happening
2: that's that's it, and again, it's 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 knowing that there's a lot of lot of folks impacted, not only the ones hit directly, you know, with the eye.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Dave, you got any uh, softball questions for? for yeah. yeah,
1: well, I mean, you, you mentioned your daughters. I, I know we talked pre-show that you've got some some softball players in the family. Brag on them a little bit. How old are they? What positions they play? You know, what, what's yeah. their?
2: well, my yeah, uh-huh. my oldest is a junior in high school, um, twenty twenty-four. We were at a raise game when she was six and the director of little league sat right in front of us and he turned around and he said, you know, you should get her in in, uh, little league. And I'm like, Oh, that's a cool idea. Cause she was trying to do ballet and all that stuff and took her out of little league at six years old and she hated it. And, uh, she would stand out there in left field, right field, looking at us almost crying. Like I want to go home. Uh, we had to bribe her with build a bears every time she made it (laughs) through a game. Um, and here we are <laughs> here we are now and she's a pitcher starting pitcher short you know middle infielder hits the heck out of the ball she's got like a 450 average last season and uh loves the game um, works hard and uh it is just so fun to watch I mean the similarities between softball and baseball is like exactly the same you know knowing the scenarios knowing one the plays knowing the outs and she's got it she's got softball IQ and um it, it I, I think the the best moments now are when we do go to the Rays games and she actually enjoys it and understands the game. And, uh, it's, it's really a big part of our lives.
1: Well, how, mm-hmm. how, update us on her recruiting process. Anybody? Well, more, <laughs> hanging on more yet?
2: Oh my God. We're learning that and it's stressful. Um, so yeah, she's definitely got a few, uh, Juco's looking at her. Um, Couple D 2s kind of know her. They follow her on Twitter. You know, um, she's a late bloomer. She's getting stronger. I, I've always believed you got to peak at the right time. Everything I've, I've learned in life is peaking at the right time. It's a
1: law uh, of attrition.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yep. And she's gonna be that diamond in the rough. I, I really believe it. She's uh, loves this.
1: Well, I'll share this with you. Joe can share it offline if it's appropriate. But my <laughs> wife and I, we help kids. We we help kids in that area. We're both former. College coaches, pro players, and uh, during the pandemic, we started uh, helping kids and families understand the process because it got even crazier with kids not being able to go out. So, to date, just this morning, we had another kid uh, commit to Syracuse. This morning, we help out basketball, baseball, and softball. We've helped 747 kids get scholarships to college in the last three years. So that's excellent. We can help you. You can let us know. We'll be more than happy to. Yeah, yeah
2: i sure will yeah.
1: she, she's yeah. got the talent
2: it's just now getting her noticed and <laughs> i i think social media is where it's at and you know that's kind of what made me where i'm at so i disagree
1: i disagree with that i'll share off the line though. okay
0: <laughs> that's fine uh, i think this might be a good a good spot to to jump out and and wind this down um mike you know this is again i hope our our audience really enjoyed this, this podcast to really get to, to meet, you know, Mike Boylan and get to see what he's about. Mike, tell everybody how they can find you and, uh, and what you might have on the horizon in the next couple of months.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, first off, really appreciate, you know, let me come on your guys show. I'll be excited to share it, um, with everybody. But, uh, basically the power of Google is if you, if you just type up Mike's weather page, it'll pop up everywhere. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I am on all five social media things. I even have a TikTok account now, which people go to for for news, believe it or not. I, <laughs> I, I've become, i fell into that rabbit hole of TikTok now at night, but I am on their Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, um, and the website too, Mike's Weather page or SpaghettiModels.com. So, you know, you can, depending on all your platforms, you know, the, my show at least stri- streams live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook now, so um, it's, it's easy to find.
0: Well, I hope that, uh, this was a, a great experience for you to join us, Mike. It's a, I, it was a great experience for us to talk, uh, Dave, one last thing for him, or you want me to wrap this up?
1: Yeah, I, I got a lot of information. We yeah. appreciate you coming on, Mike. And, um, I think it's a great, as we talk about Joe, we're trying to build better baseball IQs, but this is certainly a part of sports and I love taking them outside the box here. Mike, we appreciate you being so oh, yeah. candid with your passion.
2: No, thank you very much. I yeah. like I said I, I love baseball season. My, me and my dad, I, I do not miss a game. We watched I every game. We watched the race, So I am counting the days. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there you when go. Would you growing up, like growing up?
2: Uh, well, I grew up obviously TBS was on every every day after school. So I think the whole world was a Braves fan. Um, and WGN, I remember those two games. you know, every time I came home from school, those two two games were always on. So I I knew those players. Um, and, and those are really good memories of mine growing up. You know, that was the only two cable channels we had for a long time and, um, watched a lot of games with my
0: dad, you know, coming home from school and listen to Harry Carey, you know, (laughs) that is so, you know, when you talk about that, that bond and, you know, the the father son, uh, bond in baseball, it's, I don't think there's another sport. It may not baseball, might not be football in terms of popularity, but I think. That father-son bond of baseball is still probably king of, of all sports.
2: Yeah, and he's 85, you know, and he, his wisdom still holds true. You know, the game hasn't changed much, I, you know, and yeah. I'm sure you guys know better than anybody, but it's fun to listen to him talk, you know. Um yeah.
0: old timers are pretty damn smart. <laughs> <laughs> that might that might be a t shirt right there for
1: <laughs> <laughs> network, right?
0: Yeah. Dave, you got any announcements and then we'll we'll head out of here.
1: No, we appreciate it. Just a reminder, our 11,500 subscribers and growing, uh, continue to download, listen, like, subscribe, give us feedback. You can find us on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook now. And, of course, Joe on uh, Man on Second. Uh, follow him as well and continue to give us feedback. We love hearing it.
0: appreciate it mike we'll have you back at some point you know we'll see how the season's going best of luck be safe out there tracking those storms my friend and um and mike boylan mike's weather page everyone check it out if you want to know about the tropics and weather that's the one to go to mike boylan mike thank you so much dave thanks for producing another really great show uh we're keeping growing this channel the man on second podcast as part of this real voices of the game productions and uh And it was a fun episode and we'll be back uh, next week with more and we are out of here.